Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 10, and uh, we're looking today at verses 1 through 16. And as we come to this particular part of the Gospel of Luke, we're at a place where Jesus is about six months from his final trip to Jerusalem and the ultimate purpose of his life and ministry, which is the cross. Between this point in time and the cross, he has a plan to visit many villages and cities along the way. And one of the first ones that he visited was that of Samaria. And we looked at that a few weeks ago in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 56. And we discovered that despite the racial and religious divide that existed between the Samaritans and the Jews, Jesus' heart was to spend time with them, to open doors to them to the good news of his kingdom. But we discovered that due to the racial and religious divide, ultimately the people of Samaria wanted nothing to do with Jesus. And so when we come to the end of that story in verse 56, we find these words that they went on to another village. And that's where we find ourselves then today, picking up in chapter 10, verse 1. Uh, Jesus is preparing to move into other villages. Now, Jesus knows the villages and cities that he wants to visit, and so he commissions 70 disciples to go into those villages and cities to prepare the people for his visit and for his message. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to record Jesus' commissioning of the 70 evangels, and from that record we discover some essentials for evangelism, and that's ultimately the moniker under which our teaching falls After this, the Lord appointed 72, or 70, others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, then your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, then go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you that it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, uh, they would have repented long ago, setting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable or more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. 
And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears me, the one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Remember the context. Jesus is speaking to those 70 and he is preparing them to go as he directs them to go. So in preparation for their mission, Jesus gives the 70 disciples several essentials for having a successful evangelistic campaign. Now the essentials that I find here are, I've placed them under two major headings. You'll see that on the note guide. By the way, there is a note guide in your bulletin if you want to use it. We put it there every week so that you can fill in a few blanks and then have a record of what was taught on any given Sunday. The two major headings are this. These are two essentials if we're going to be successful evangels for the kingdom of God. First of all, follow the master's instructions. That's the first essential. Follow the master's instructions. The second essential then is proclaim the master's message. If we will follow the master's instructions and proclaim the master's message, we will find our efforts going much better and more successful than if we do it some other way. And so we will then break these two major headings down and see what we find in the text. First, I find three specific instructions that Jesus gives to the 70 that have implication on our efforts to evangelize as well. And the first instruction has to do with prayer, with prayer. Jesus said to them as they go, the 70 are instructed to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. This statement that Jesus makes, this prayer that he tells them he wants them to pray, literally shows the compassion of Jesus' heart for the lost. But listen, uh, in order to really understand his compassion, we got to understand what that statement actually means. And you know what? I know in this crowd you have heard, most of you have heard that statement hundreds if not thousands of times. I'm wondering if you understand what's really being said. So let's break it down and let's take a look. And I invite you to listen carefully because you may be surprised as we come to the conclusion of explaining this statement. First of all, I want you to take note of this. That throughout the Bible, when we find the word harvest, and when that word is associated with people, we find more times than not that the association is with the wicked. The wicked who will be taken out, the wicked who will be harvested from humanity to face the judgment of eternal condemnation. More times than not, throughout the scripture, when you see harvest in relationship to people, that is the focus. I've provided a few passages there for you in case you want to check it out. Joel chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Matthew chapter 13, verse 30, and also 39 through 43. And then Revelation chapter 14, verses 14 and 15. And you'll find that all three of those paint the picture that I've just laid out for you. Now the title, Lord of the Harvest, then, speaks of the one who will preside over the judgment. There is one who has been appointed since the foundation of the world to preside over 
a judgment to mete out the eternal condemnation that is stored up for the wicked. And the wicked here is actually defined as those who reject the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ. We're all wicked, (laughs) right? I know you're wicked. I'm wicked too. I'm right in the boat with you. I'm Captain Wicked and you're the crew, all right? But there's a difference between the wicked who come to faith in Jesus and receive his grace and then are justified and made saints, amen, and the wicked who say, no, 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 I'll find my own way, I'll go my own path. There's a big difference. And the one who will preside over is the Lord of the harvest. Now, if we look in the New Testament, we see, uh, for example, the the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 22, also verses 27 through 29, and 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, we find that those verses give us the identity of the judge. And those verses identify the second person of the Trinity. They identify Jesus himself as the judge. Wow. Now follow this. Here's what Jesus is communicating. He's communicating that the world is filled with an incalculable number of humanity, each standing one heartbeat away from eternal condemnation. Juxtaposed to that terrifying reality is the number of people who can be sent to warn them of judgment and of the salvation that can be found in the Messiah. And Jesus tells us that that number is excessively small. Given that reality, Jesus then instructs the 70 and us by way of Luke then to petition the judge. To petition him to move upon the hearts of men and women who have been saved from the judgment to come. That they will go out into that harvest of lostness to plant and to water gospel seed to the end that it will grow becoming the redemption of many who will find God's grace and escape the judgment to come. That's what he's communicating in that passage. The judge himself is saying, petition me, petition the Father to send out people that will rescue folks from having to ever stand before me as judge. That's compassion. That's compassion. And that brings me today to truth point number one, which says to us that all believers are commissioned to bear witness of Jesus as the one and only Savior. There's not a single believer that is left behind in this. Every one of us are commissioned. And as we do, we are instructed to ask Jesus for more witnesses to be sent. And we ask for more witnesses to be sent because the need is greater than the currently engaged witnesses can handle. I think of the Jacksons, and I think of John, and I praise them for obeying the call of God to go beyond the United States to be witnesses. But listen, they can only reach a few. And there may be thousands, others, tens of thousands of others, but we live on a planet of seven billion people. So we can't leave it up to the professional missionaries, can we, Jane? No, we cannot. Every one of us is called truly the fulfillment of the commission that Jesus gave the 70 and the fulfillment of the great commission Jesus gives all disciples is a a Herculean task, to say the least. And when I talk like this, or someone else talks like this, inevitably there are questions that arise. 
And one of the questions that regularly comes my way when these kind of things get brought up is a question kind of like this. Pastor, nothing is too hard for God, is it? Is that right? Nothing is too hard for God? Well, yes, nothing is too hard for God. Fine. Then why doesn't he use some of that supernatural power to get the word out? I mean, all he has to do is just twitch his nose and he can make something happen. Why doesn't he just do that and just make the word go all over the world? Why, why, pastor, does God depend on undependable people to do such an important work? That's the kind of question that I hear. May I be so bold this morning as to say that questions like that are completely irrelevant. They're completely irrelevant. And they're irrelevant because God has chosen to utilize those he saves to take the gospel to the world. And as they do, he commands them to petition him for more gospel workers. That's his prerogative. He is God Almighty. Now, if we want to ask questions, let's ask a relevant question. And here's the relevant question. Why aren't Christians actively, intentionally engaging in the mission of being Jesus' witnesses? That's a relevant question. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.